Welcome listeners to the QBS Express, this edition of the ACEC Kansas podcast series. My guest today is Tim Cowden, President and CEO of the Kansas City Area Development Council. We're here in Tim's office at uh, beautiful Union Station in Kansas City. Tim, thanks for letting us use your digs, and thanks for making time to be here. Scott, welcome. Great to have you here. Yeah, it's my first time up in your office. We've worked with KCADC lots of times over the years, but I've never seen the the infrastructure. The offices are cool, and uh, it's awesome. You get to come to Union Station for work every day. Every day I get up and drive to work and come in and look out over the uh, Liberty Memorial Yeah, and uh, walk out when I need to get a little little time and and walk through union station it's pretty cool it is pretty cool i got here at a meeting in kansas city that got done earlier than i thought prior to the podcast and uh actually did a little work and was productive but what i thought about doing was coming over to union station because i haven't checked it out in a long time either cool stuff oh man it's um it's an amazing place it's really cool around the holidays too yeah because you can just get out and everybody all the tourists are here and you've got the big christmas tree and all the decorations and my daughter's going to be married here in, in April. No kidding. So, yeah, um, I can't leave this place. No you know, doubt. I, I come to work, and then I'll be <laughs> I'll be working for a long time to pay off that wedding. Well, uh, I'll give you um, <laughs> emotional congratulations and fiscal condolences and if your you. daughter's getting married. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Father of the Bride. I just keep watching that movie. <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll go help you park cars for tips later if you need. I'm to gonna need a second job. Round I tell up you. the budget. Absolutely. Well, we're gonna get into KCADC specifically a little later in the podcast yeah. and what you do. But let's uh, start off. Some of our listeners will be pretty familiar with you individually, but a lot of them won't. Uh, I know the general metrics of how you got here, but tell us about the childhood. Born and raised where? Scott, I'm a Sooner. Yeah. So I grew up down in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And um, went to school there at, at OU, but got great memories of uh, growing up in the Oklahoma City area. My dad was an entrepreneur, and uh, so I, I learned very early on the, the value of work, of hard work. And I think I've developed a pretty good uh, work ethic that I've maintained through today and try to pass that along to my four kids. I knew you're from Oklahoma, but I didn't know Oklahoma City. Um, yep. It would be uh, uh, indelicate of me to guess your age, but I would presume you had already gone away at least college before the Oklahoma City bombing events. Yes, uh, we were in uh, in Utah at the time. We had just moved to, to Salt Lake in economic development in 1995, and yeah, it was a it was such an a, an emotional. Um, such a tragic experience for so many but being away from Oklahoma and watching your hometown and the place frankly where I had gone uh, very recently prior to that that bombing and got the social security cards for my my two little kids wow so it was yeah it's, it's unsettling but it's it's what they've done with the uh, memorial there it's it's really I mean, it's quite a tribute. We went down, uh, some members of my family and I went down there a few years ago and intended to make a pretty casual drive-by of the memorial. Uh, thought we would be there about an hour, and we ended up spending almost the entire day. Oh, man, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's well worth the time. Yeah, uh, just, you know, seemed like about every 50 feet you needed a Kleenex. It's just powerful. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, not, what a great uh, uplifting start to the... <laughs> yeah, I did. Come on, Scott. You're bringing everybody down here. Other you than told that. me we wanted to have fun and laugh and be casual, and 
You got me talking about the Oklahoma City bombing. We're going to hit national hurricanes here in a minute. Other, other stay than away that, from tornadoes. Right, yeah. yeah. As my uh, one of my partners at the firm, Greg Braden, likes to say, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you enjoy the play? And that's exactly right. right. Uh, well, anyway, so uh, went on to be a Sooner. Um, I made a special note of that. I'm a, a Jayhawk and a longtime Big 12 and, dare we show our age, Big 8 guy. Absolutely. Uh, were you there in either the Billy Tubbs or the Barry Switzer era? Uh, I, was, I was there for the King. I was in college when Barry was... Uh, Running, uh, running wild yeah. across uh, campus in Norman. Uh, <laughs> Billy Tubbs was was there, so we had a had a great time as, yeah. as a student watching uh, great athletics. And I tried to go to go to class in between. You know the, I think KU's never been the natural rival of Oklahoma, and same vice versa. But specifically during that time period with Billy Tubbs, that basketball rivalry was intense. Yeah, that was really the only time. I mean, OU has had some pretty good basketball teams, but during yeah. that four or five year period, OU was right up there with KU, and that was that was an amazing time to watch uh, quality basketball. Yeah, which culminated in you know KU taking it to the Sooners there at Kemper in 1988, and little did I know at that time that I would uh, be in Kansas City. Yeah, about uh, ten years later. You won't believe this, but my most stark memory of all that might not be the national championship in all seriousness. I think it's Billy Tubbs giving the finger to the KU crowd. You remember that? <laughs> I do. And, yeah. I heard, and I heard a story about that because uh-huh. most people think that he was flipping the bird to the crowd. Uh-huh. But I, I heard him say later that he wasn't doing that. What they were doing mm-hmm. is they were showing their ring finger <laughs> because they had just won the big eight championship. <laughs> On the floor at Allen Fieldhouse. Well, silly So they were showing the ring finger. I didn't recognize it for the celebration of achievement that it was. Now, he may have thought of that later. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what he really did. I probably would think that he he probably gave the finger. But um, later on, I heard him tell that story. He said, no, we were showing everybody our ring fingers. (laughs) I would say that's a great recovery on his part. <laughs> well, um, I, I still have nightmares of Mookie Blaylock and Wayman Tisdale. That was a that was a tremendous team. Mookie Blaylock, Dave Seeger, Ricky Grace, uh, Wayman Tisdale, then later Stacy King, mm-hmm. and uh, all those great players from KU. And yeah. then, so I I went to high school. This is a my high school claim to fame. I'm a year younger than Bill Self, so. Bill and I went to the same high school. Really, Edmund Memorial. No kidding. Yeah, and, and um, he's he's a he's he was a great guy then, uh-huh. and he's a terrific guy now. And every the way he, he comes off in, in yeah. public uh, settings and the like, and I mean that's just the way he's always been. He's but, a real genuine guy. You know, from the economic development perspective, um, I have said to friends and colleagues for years, two of the best things that ever happened to Kansas in terms of helping make Kansas great and make people want to, you know, be in Kansas, come to Kansas, Bill Self and Bill Snyder. I mean, Absolutely. What, what home runs we were able to hit in both of those cases. Right. Uh, just just by being who they are, what ambassadors they've been for the state. Absolutely. I sent two kids down the road to, um, to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I've got two K-State grads. And what an amazing culture that they've created in Manhattan at K-State. And yeah. What a terrific engineering school and the like. Absolutely. Yeah, no, so. it's been awesome. Well, skipping down the professional road, so raised in Oklahoma, um, went to the University of Oklahoma. None of Billy Tubbs' uh, bad manners seem to have rubbed off on you. Congratulations to you. Well, well just wait a little bit. <laughs> 
We'll see how long this podcast goes. <laughs> <laughs> was Utah the first stop professionally? No, it wasn't. Um, I always wanted to, to be in this line of work. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, I've loved geography. So um, behind you, Scott, you know, got a map of the region. When I was a kid, I had maps all over my wall in my bedroom of um, states, the United States, the, the Oklahoma City area. So I always wanted to do something around development. So I interned when I was in Norman uh, for the Norman Chamber and EDC. And it was a non-paid internship. I got course credit, but the CEO said, hey, because uh, I went to him and said, I really want to pursue a career in this. And he said, well, if you work hard and you show some promise, I'll open up some doors potentially for you. So when I graduated, he did. I had an interview in Ardmore, Oklahoma. I didn't get that job. The second interview I had was in Wichita Falls, Texas, which is about two hours south and west of, of Norman. And I went there right out of school in 1986 and um, had a great experience. It was a tough time to be in West Texas, if you recall. Yeah. Uh, farm and ranch crisis, the price of a barrel of oil was somewhere around nine bucks. Um, yeah. There was a lot of stress in the economy. And I learned a lot there about adversity, that things just aren't always just going to fall right in your lap. And um, I tell my kids that all the time. I mean, you got to really work and, you know, you've got to fight through that adversity. So I, I got out of the, the business, out of the economic development business. And looking back at it, you know, I, I made a mistake. I went the easy route. I went back and I worked in my, my family business, which was always somewhat of a birthright. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it and loved working with my dad. But after working for about a year... With my dad, we both came to the to, to the realization. I said, hey, Pops, said, I don't think this is the thing for me. And you know what? He agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, uh, I stayed in the private sector, was in retail management uh, for about two and a half, three years for Dillard's department stores. Mm-hmm. And I learned a tremendous amount about leading people, um, sales. I mean, there's nothing more visceral in the sales cycle than retail and trying to sell something across the counter to someone or trying to deal with somebody's issue when they come in there's no place really to run or hide and I think that's really served me well and I try to impart that upon my team here but I missed I really missed this economic development business and I felt it was my calling. Did uh, did you end up making a conscious decision to leave retail and go back to EcoDevo or did EcoDevo come find you? You know what? Um, that's a great question uh, the way you posed it because most people would think, yeah, Cowden's you know, following his passion, which I did in a sense, but I've been really fortunate in my career. I think everybody that's got a career can look back and find two or three individuals that have been just instrumental in their growth. And I've got a couple, two or three mentors. And one of those mentors was a guy named Mike Lawson. And he's the guy who hired me right out of school when a lot of people down in in Texas said, what are you doing hiring a kid with no experience in economic development, but you're putting him down here as director of research and then VP of communications, ultimately. And then I was working deals. He believed in me, and he came after me. He said, you know what, what you're doing, you can, you can make a living, 
but he said, you're, you're missing out. I know that, that you belong in the economic development business. And he came after me, and I had an opportunity to go to, to Salt Lake. And I haven't looked back since. Now, I'll be darned. Even after you took multiple years out of the business, he sought you back out. Right. Now, there was, it was, it was a, a mutual deal. I had stayed in touch with him. Mm-hmm. But he hired me twice. Yeah. And um, he said, yeah, come out. Now, I took less money to go out to, to Salt Lake. And I wasn't making much money at all at Dillard's at the time. But I knew that that was really the path that I needed to follow in, in my career. Mm-hmm. And again, I haven't looked back. And uh, I love this work. I, I, I love being in Kansas City. I mean, we've been in Kansas City now for going on 21 years. And it just seems like, I mean, I can't believe it's been two decades. This is an amazing place. But I wouldn't be in Kansas City but for the experience that I had both in Texas and in the private sector, and then being out in Utah. Yeah. Love all those places. That's a great segue. The next question I was going to ask is, what brought you to Kansas City? But before we do, um, cool story about getting back into economic development with the opportunity in Utah, but also what a cool experience to live in Salt Lake. That's a neat town. Oh, it's um, it's an amazing place. It's so unique. There's really not another place quite like it. It is, uh, it is a really unique place culturally. Mm-hmm. And when we were there in the mid-'90s, uh, it's a very different place. It was a very different place than it is even today. Um, there were a lot of people moving to that part of the world at that time. But it's, um, I learned a lot. Um, we were away from our family. We were away from our friends. It was just my wife and I and our, our two young kids at the time. And we, we drew really close. Um, it's an amazing place to be, just uh, the access to the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it pre Olympics? It was pre Olympics, but I was actually on the lawn of the um, the county courthouse when the 2002 Olympics were awarded to to Salt Lake. So no that's kidding. a oh, yeah, pretty cool memory thinking no back at that. But um, yeah. no, just just being there, and and I'm still a Utah Jazz fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that I took from from Utah, and actually, and my my oldest son, my K State grad, moved out there after uh, graduating from college a couple of years ago, and he wanted to experience the West. I'm hopeful that he's going to be moving back to Kansas City, and I believe he will. But he's had a great experience in, in the West, and I, I will always have a real soft spot in my heart for for Salt Lake, for Utah, and really for the, the Intermountain West. Yeah, very cool. Well, what was the catalyst uh, that brought you back here to Kansas City, um, more or less for good? You've been here over 20 years now. Yeah. Um, I had been in Salt Lake for about going on four years, and I felt like if I was going to make a move, that I I needed to make a move pretty soon. Career-wise, locationally, had a great experience there, but I didn't believe that that would be the place where I would would stay. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife is from Oklahoma, so we wanted to get back closer to this part of the world. And I had an opportunity at the time uh, here in Kansas City with the um, Area Development Council. And then also I was looking at a position in Atlanta. And then I had an opportunity in Dallas. And I just, I had a little bit of exposure to KC when I was growing up. We had some family up in Liberty. So I always liked it. But I didn't really know about KC. And a friend of mine was getting married. And his wedding reception 
was about the same time, actually it was a couple of days after I had scheduled an interview here in KC with, uh, with Bob Marcus and Steve Johnson here at the Area Development Council. So I came in and, and uh, I loved it. They made me a great offer and I thought this will get us close enough to Oklahoma without being so close that the family can just drop drop in anytime they right. want, you know, <laughs> which is great. You know, I can get down and I can watch a football game. I can go to a Sooner game. I can get back in one day. Um, my um, my mom has to tell me in advance if she's coming up to visit, mm-hmm. which is good. It gives us plenty <laughs> of time to get everybody ready. Uh, but it's been a it's been an amazing experience, and to have really ridden the the wave of of growth development how this region has has risen over the you know the last really the last five ten years specifically but seeing how things have changed for the positive over the last 20 years and having you know contributed in some small way through you know my personal work and through the organization makes it really really gratifying it's super cool uh, which is another good segue. I was going to switch over, um, stop asking you about your personal life and get into KCADC. Yeah. But before I do, your comment about you know moving closer to home. But right. not, uh, one of my mentors, the guy I was actually hired to work with, train under, and then take over for one of his favorite sayings, he used to tell me as a young man, there's uh, nothing more important in this world. He's from Texas. Nothing more important in this world, boy, than having you know, good, loving family in a city at least an hour away. That's you know, exactly after well, the that's pregnant right. pause. <laughs> that's right. Um, I I love um, I love being able to go back home. Yeah. But then I can come back. Yeah. You know, and it and it's different. Yeah. And Kansas City's our home. I mean, we've raised four kids here, so the two that we had before moving to Kansas City, obviously, you know, they they were old enough to remember the move. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've had two. Two little ones that were born in in uh, Overland Park, so um, and they're in high school now, out of Blue Valley Northwest. Well, getting over to the professional side, yeah. uh, we want to talk about KCADC and all the great work you do. Um, we'll have some listeners, I'm sure, that are intensely familiar with some of the stuff you do, but some will be really hearing about it for the first time. So we'll get into more detail later. But for now, um, what's the elevator speech when somebody says? Uh, what do you do? And they're not at all familiar, and you have to give them the short, digestible version. What would you tell our listeners? Yeah, Scott, I'd say this, that I've got the best job in Kansas City. I say it all the time because every day I get up out of bed and I get to market, sell, and brand this amazing region as one to the world. So we're the sales team. We're the sales and marketing team for big Kansas City. That's 18 counties, two states, um, about 2.3 million people. So it's a, it's an exciting job. Uh, it's we get to drive a lot of um, of activity. We work with all sorts of different people and and companies that are evaluating Kansas City for a place to to grow their business or to start their life or to continue their career. Let me stop you there for just a second. You said you get to work with all different groups. So one of the questions I was going to ask you. Everybody will probably know as an eco-devo group when businesses want to come to town, you'll work with those businesses. But talk about the other stakeholder groups you work with, um, local governments, local chambers, um, 
you know, existing businesses that want the community to grow, whatever it may be. I'm sure the list is longer than probably anybody would think of naturally. You know, the list is way, way too long to try to list out everybody that we involved with. I itemize that. But, um, you know, there are so many organizations and so many individuals who are committed to seeing that this region grow. I mean, that's who we're working with. So all the communities, there's 50-plus communities in this 18-county area. We work with all of them. We work with all the counties. We work with both states. And what we like to, to talk about, you, you going back to your question about elevator speech, what is it that we do? Mm-hmm. Well, what we do is we make it easy for a company or for that individual or that family to decide that Kansas City as a region is where they should pursue their, their business or again, pursue their life or their career. So there's a lot of lines on that map over your shoulder. Our job is to make those lines go away because it doesn't matter to the companies that are evaluating Kansas City as a region where those lines are. It doesn't really matter to an individual who might be looking at Kansas City as a place to, to start their, their life or to take a new job. They don't know any of that. They just know it as KC. That's our job. Do you find you mentioned not only selling a business to come here, but building a life here. Do you find over time that a larger part of what you have to do effectively is selling what it means to an individual and a family as opposed to the pure metrics of the company's bottom line? Yeah, I mean, it's it's everything. But ultimately, it comes down to an individual decision. An individual or a group of individuals is going to make the decision if a company relocates its operation here. Mm-hmm. An individual is going to decide if they are going to move themselves or they're going to move their family here. So you really get down to these very personal elements of what makes a city and a, and a region great, what makes us uh, distinguished from other areas. I mean, People say, well, what's your differentiating factor? Well, I don't like that word, you know, different or differentiating Mm -hmm. because every place is different from another. What truly distinguishes Kansas City from all these other places around? And you've got to, and there's a lot of answers to that, but the answers are so different depending upon that company or that individual who will ultimately make that decision. Bottom line matters. I mean, Real estate matters, um, labor force matters, all those things matter, but also livability matters. And that's where we're finding a lot of this, Scott, that you talk about markets on either coast that have seen a lot of growth and even markets now that are in the, the interior of the United States. I mean, places like Austin and Nashville that, and I know some of your listeners, you know, are obviously really focused on developing infrastructure. That's mm-hmm. their world. That's their life. That's their career. It's their calling. Um, places like Nashville and Austin, we know that LA and other big markets on the, on the East Coast, they're taxed. Their inf- infrastructure is taxed. And when that happens, when that happens, it makes it very difficult for people to live and to pursue those things that maybe they thought they would be able to pursue and achieve when they moved there years ago. And things have changed. We call it places like that um, in San Francisco or L.A. or Portland, Seattle, even Denver, Nashville. It's a livability crisis. We don't have that here. 
So we can offer that to companies. We can offer the fact that you can move to Kansas City and you basically have a, a clean clean sheet mm-hmm. and um, a lot of space and a lot of opportunity to um, to pursue your, your life goals. Let's talk about some specific projects. Um, I think that's a great summary globally of, of what you all do and, and sort of the global pitch for the Kansas City area. Uh, I think listeners will be curious to know, you know, some of the gory details, the inside baseball. Um, talk, tell me about a couple of your projects, the project that you can remember that came to fruition the fastest that just shocked you with the synergy uh, in which it came together. And then conversely, the project that, um, though successful in the end, uh, just made you want to pull your hair out for all the delays and how long it took <laughs> well there's one thing being in a the business that i'm in you could you can go back and there's a lot of stories scott about companies and individuals that you work with and some of those i can't share <laughs> <laughs> with well, you well maybe maybe sometime you know over a whiskey or something you can get some of those stories out of me but uh one that that comes to mind that just no deal is easy, okay? There's no such thing as an easy project. But one that just happened, and they announced in November, it's a company called Chow Now. They're a technology company. They make it easier, basically, for um, vendors and, and restaurants to get their, their product, their, their food service, to the consumer at home or wherever they might be. And they've got a really cool technology platform. They weren't evaluating Kansas City. They were looking at cool markets like Austin and Nashville that have received a lot of interest and have seen a lot of people and companies move there over the last you know, five years to a decade. This company, Chow Now, was introduced to us by an individual who lives in L.A., had a connection to Kansas City, and he told the, the CEO, said, hey, you need to take a look at Kansas City. He goes, why would I look at Kansas City? Well, our team got involved with that. And over the course of about 90 days, we, we went from their team having no idea anything that what Kansas City was all about to them making a decision to move a big operation and we hope ultimately their entire company to Kansas City. That was an amazing experience, and that's one thing that we always go back to, is that if we can get people here, maybe they haven't been here in in years, so they don't know what Kansas City is today, and oftentimes, Scott, they haven't been here before. Well, and even if they have been here before, as you touched on earlier, if it's been 10 to 15 years since they've been here, then they don't know Kansas City. Might as well not have been here. Yeah, for sure. But when we get people here... It completely opens up all sorts of um, opportunities and, you know, whatever their expectations were are, frankly, blown away. Um, it is – that's the way it was with, with Chow Now. I mean, it was – they had no idea. They came in, and three months later, they made a decision to yeah. move a big chunk of their company to uh, to Kansas City. That's awesome. With regard to companies that – you know challenges and and the like i tell you there there have been a bunch over the years i'm not going to get into specific 
company names, mm-hmm. but there have been you know projects that have uh, that grow that grow a lot <laughs> grow a lot of hair. <laughs> um, those are challenging. Those are fun, uh, but you know they each each deal is so different. That's one thing people will say. You know what's what are similarities? You know, sure there's similarities in the sense that a company is moving from another place to to Kansas City, but that's really where the similarities end because each project is so different. They take on the personality of their leadership, of that time that they're evaluating KC. KC may be, um, you know, for a a logistics operation, it's a very different place than what it would be for a headquartered company in terms of what those decision makers are looking for. So um, there's always uh, a lot of challenge with, uh, with any company, but ultimately it comes down to that decision maker. And usually he or she's going to have three markets that they can decide where they want to move. And they can make it work in any one of those three. What is that personal, that personal connection that they have? I'll tell you one that we lost. Uh, earlier this year, Starbucks had evaluated Kansas City for about a, anywhere from 500 to 900 jobs. It was a really high-end technology center. And they wanted to be here. After four or five visits, again, this epiphany of the visit that we, we like to call it, they came here and they go, oh, my God, this is not anything like we expected Kansas City to be. They expected Kansas City to be flat and boring and you know all the negative misperceptions and stereotypes that people have they got here and they kept coming back and kept coming back they ended up going to to atlanta not for any one reason but an important reason was one of the the top decision makers within that uh, decision making structure went to college there they already have a large operation in atlanta some things you just can't overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually those types of of, um, of deals when we when we when a company makes the wrong decision, we like to say, and and moves somewhere else. It's always because of a of some sort of personal connection. Yeah. But we've won plenty because of that. NetSmart Technologies came here. I think it was probably now. Gosh, it's hard to say. Seven years, six, seven years that they've been in in Kansas City. But, you know, those, the, the CEO used to work at Cerner, and he'd gone off to other parts of the United States and, and world and his executive team, and they had an opportunity to, to evaluate multiple markets, and they moved a, a big chunk of a, of a company out of uh, Ohio and New York and California and brought it here. We won that, not just because that those individuals were from Kansas City, but it certainly helped. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the nature of your work, um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is what's big, what are you working on right now? But I suspect in a lot of cases, you probably aren't at liberty to talk about those before they reach finality. Are, are there pieces you can talk about for what's next for KCADC and what you're working on? I or, would, or do we need to move on to the next question, no, which is I totally fine? No, that's, that's one of the, the really cool things about my job is that we do get to work on a lot of a lot of projects that can have a significant impact 
on a lot of people in our in our region. I mean, there's nothing more important to anyone than a job. So we take our, our jobs very seriously because we know that when we're positioning the Kansas City region against other areas for whether it's a 10-job operation or a 1,000 jobs, that that one job within that mix is going to have a big impact on somebody, on some family. So um, we've got some big projects that are evaluating Kansas City right now. We, our, our pipeline is, is, we like to say, is brimming. Um, some of these companies we expect are going to make decisions soon. I mean, we've got manufacturers, uh, logistics, uh, some big technology, technology companies that are evaluating KC. Um, but I can't get into any real specifics on them. Uh, Understandable. We're, we're under the, the cloak of uh, confidentiality and, and secrecy. And as they say, if I told you, I have to. Right. You know what? So. <laughs> well, what, uh, you know, we never ask our guests on the podcast to say anything critical about a person or an organization, but we love to put our guests in a position to cast a compliment and to recognize some good works. Uh, talk about a couple of people and don't go too far back. We want our listeners to have a chance to be familiar with, I guess, a couple of people that stand out to you as having been a huge part of the success of Kansas City's transformation over the last 10 years. And let me specify just a little bit. Uh, if that is a person working specifically in EcoDevo, that's great. But, you know, it might also be a volunteer leader of your organization or others, um, whether it's somebody that owns a manufacturing company, engineering, whatever it might be, a couple of folks that have just really punched above their weight in getting invested and making a great difference for the community here. Well, that's a that's a great question, and if I start listing people, the sin of omission, God, who, right? who don't you list? Um, uh, but I, you know, I'll 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 play along. Um, you know, the first person. It just popped in my mind when you asked the question. I didn't know you were going to ask that question. Uh, it's a good question. Kay Barnes. Mm-hmm. You know, Mayor Barnes, you know, but for her leadership, but for the things that she did with downtown, we wouldn't see all this activity that we've we've experienced. And my kids will experience, and in large part is a, driving factor for my kids wanting to stay here or wanting to move back here. Um, having a strong and vibrant downtown benefits every nook and cranny of this great region. Topeka benefits from it. And I know Topeka is going through major transformation right now downtown. Mm-hmm. I know that they've looked at what happened in Kansas City and they said, you know what, look at what's happened 65 miles to the east of us. We need to do that in Topeka. Uh, downtown's really, really important. But I think I think Kay Barnes has just done, you know, a, a terrific job. And I think she's getting more credit now than but there for a while she didn't receive a lot of credit. Um, Mayor James is gonna get a lot of credit in time. He's a great leader. Um, he's taken on some really difficult and challenging projects on behalf of Kansas City, Missouri, um, and we're advancing because of that. I look at the at the private sector, certainly 
the um, uh, there's so many entrepreneurs um, that have established companies in in this community and have grown. I mean, just look at what Cerner what Cerner means to our region. I mean, campuses all across our region. They're just not focused in one area. So the the leadership team of 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 Cerner, you know, and I I saw yesterday that Cliff Illig is retiring. Um, I mean, that that team has just done so much for our region. I could go on and on and on yeah. about companies, but those are from the the private side and the, and the public side. Those are two that just pop right in into my mind. Uh, there's a lot of I think that's what again distinguishes Kansas City from other places is that we can't get by on where I was in, in Salt Lake. I mean, we've got, you know, they had beautiful mountains. You know, we can't necessarily get by on our topography. We have to get by on our people and what the people put into this this great region. And I think that's ultimately what always distinguishes KC from other places is the people. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say it this morning. Uh, they commented about Kansas City. Um, there's a difference between being polite and nice. They said that in the South, they're polite. Uh, they're not necessarily nice. Mm-hmm. In Kansas City, there's there, people are nice. And that's not, I think sometimes people equate that, correlate that to being weaker or not mm-hmm. being as tough. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. I think you have to be, you know, you don't have to be a jerk to be successful. I mean, people here are nice. They're respectful. We've been very modest for a great period of time. But now, you know, we're kind of shirking off that modesty. There's a tremendous amount of pride here. You and I have talked about it before. You walk around town and you see people wearing all these Charlie Hustle shirts. Nothing to do with the Chiefs, which are great, you know, or the Royals or Sporting or any of our, our sports yeah. teams. But people just wearing those initials on their chest or on the on their cap kc that's just not kansas city missouri that's the region and that's what's really i i think is amazing and we're just on the cusp of of seeing this market take off and uh and go places that you know 10 years ago i think people thought that we could get to yeah uh boy i love your observations about being nice and uh, shame on the people that perceive that as you know being soft or not as aggressive because I think they're tremendously compatible. I've got a colleague of mine that I grew up with and talked to him recently. He's the head of uh, pharmacy at a hospital out in Seattle, and I was talking to him about his job. He does a lot of hiring, and you know he said minimum metrics all being met. Anytime I get a chance to hire somebody from the Midwest, I just do it. Right, because there's a work ethic, there's a kindness, there's a decency. You know, it's it's a real thing. Which I just, you know, as a lifelong Midwesterner, it just fills my heart. You know, Dave Cummins over here built a hellaciously um, productive and successful technology company. It's what he says. He could hire people from all the Ivies and the West Coast schools, and they hire people from the Midwest. Because there is this this basis, there's a um, there's a a level of of just I don't know authenticity of competence. That's a great word. And we have that in 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 Kansas City, and we have it in the Midwest. But Kansas City is the heart of the Midwest. 
this is the the big city for you know a, a lot of miles and in, in, in uh, any direction and we i think kansas city embodies the best of of the midwest and um it's exciting to be you know right at the the tip of the spear of a lot of wonderful things that are yeah. going on and seeing that every day and i never forget that i've got a letter scott over there that um a guy who had my would have had my job in 1981 in Oklahoma City, and at the time I, I told you at the outset of this podcast that I wanted to be in this this kind of work, and I would write letters to this guy or I'd go down and visit him, and he never once was um, was cynical. He always took me uh, seriously, and I've always remembered that that. You know what? There's yeah, there are days you come in and you go, wow, you know, I've got other things I got to do. I'm even thinking about something at home or something else or the other. But you know, this is a really important job. All of us have a tremendously important and potentially impactful job at KCDC or anything, uh, any job in the economic development sphere. So to remember that. You know that there's a lot of people that are relying on us. We're relying on the Chiefs to play really well and go to the Super Bowl you know there's a lot of people behind behind them behind our sports teams but I look at it as there's a lot of people who need us to be successful they need this organization to succeed they need all the other economic development organizations in our region to succeed to do to do their best every day I always remember that I walk in this place and not to get too sappy or syrupy but, you know, Union Station's been around since 1914. I think about all the people who've moved through here that are going other places, maybe moving to Kansas City way back in the day. You know, this is the first thing they saw. I go, you know what, this is, what a place to, to think about, you know, how to, how to link Kansas City's past with our future um, and to be right here in, in an organization that's, charged with driving it yeah very cool well let's switch gears for just a minute as we get close to wrapping up here uh let's touch briefly on some engineering related topics at least for our our qbs express listeners um i assume you interface with engineers all the time whether it's the you know the vertical infrastructure that some of the clients you work with need or the roads or the waterway or whatever um we are, as an organization, ACEC is perpetually trying to uh, encourage our members to be more engaged in everything from the community to government affairs to whatever. Uh, when you, and I'm not going to ask you to name any names and get yourself in any hot water, but when you think of the engineers that have been impactful in this area and been helpful what is it um, about them that you would encourage other engineers to emulate and and contribute that would make them impactful to this region and its economic development as well? Because I believe, you know, I get to work with engineers every day. Like every profession, they've got their own culture and their own unique strengths. Right. I tell you, man, you may have a future in this interviewing thing. <laughs> um, I would... I would say, Scott, that those engineers and the firms that I deal with, those that others might want to emulate, is to remember that 
they're part of something bigger. And um, I know it's really easy for, regardless of what, if you're an engineer or whatever career pursuit that you have or whatever business that you run, to, to kind of just get focused on what you do every day and concerned about your bottom line, concerned about your business and your employees. But to those that I think have been really successful that I've seen are all focused on that, but they remember that they need the community and they need the region around them to succeed for their company to reach the ultimate pinnacle of its success. And those organizations that give a lot their time that are involved with organizations like KCDC or involved with their local chamber or local EDC, I think those are the ones that ultimately are more successful. Not because potentially that they're going to generate more deal flow based upon the context that they, they make. That's certainly part of it. But just being engaged in what the community is doing, being a part of it, and driving it. I mean, we're fortunate. We've got 15 engineering firms that are investors or members. We call them investors in KCADC. I've got five on my board of directors. That's outstanding. And, it, it, and it, it, this is a, I mean, this is one of the, the, the best places in the world to be an engineer, right? Absolutely. And we have, it's a it's, mecca. Of it's a mecca, here. right? And so people here get it. And organizations like mine, you know, benefit from that. But others that might be listening that um, are not involved as much in their community, there's a lot of engineering firms and engineers in our region that are. So I would encourage them to think about that. You know, what are they doing? Why am I not doing that? And if they're not as successful as they think that they should be, then broaden those horizons. Take take those blinders off a little bit. Yeah. And and look at the community. I think that's an awesome answer. Uh, it's easy from from my desk, or you know, honestly, from our desks. It's easy for us to to make that encouragement when we're not managing their utilization rates and their and their billability and that kind of thing. Right. But I have the same perspective you do, more in government affairs, but but in all walks of engagement, those firms that take the leap of faith and support their employees being involved, even though it may not be directly or immediately billable time, tend to be, from what I've seen over my career, which is the same thing you've just said, tend to be the ones that really cut the best and most successful profile long-term. Right. Uh, it's that leap of faith to get engaged now, knowing it will be the right thing and will come back and manifest itself later. You know, and again, it's not its not just something to do to do. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, the individual in the company has to see a return. But you got to put in the time. And I hate mentioning individuals by name because that will get me in trouble. Sure. But I'm going to mention one guy. Mm-hmm. Because he's been on my board and I saw him this morning. Uh, it's Mike Lally with Olson. Mm-hmm. This guy is everywhere. I see him at my organization's meetings. I see him involved in this, that, or the other. And I see that he's getting work. Look at a guy like Bill Daniels. You know, Bill with U.S. Engineering. I mean, he, 
that guy has been involved with everything. People say, well, you know, he goes to a lot of meetings. You know what? He's generated a lot of revenue for U.S. engineering over the de- over many, many years. He's retiring. But those th- those two just pop up. And I could go on and on and on. Yeah. But, you know, remembering that, yeah, you got you to gotta bring bring the bread home to to the company but getting out and working these channels working these these networks that are there because i can tell you that that speaking for my organization the people who who work here we want to help all these companies that we possibly can yeah well you will appreciate this um, parting comment and then uh will you've been very gracious with your time here we'll wrap up with some what we call lightning questions at the end but uh to mike lally specifically you and i were visiting before the podcast i'm leaving here to head up to omaha we help run their leadership program for acec and when we started the program here in kansas and we wanted somebody to teach the business development piece guess who we got yeah mike lally right and then we contracted to run the program with missouri guess who we bring over to teach business development mike lally right now we're running the program in nebraska mike lally so you mentioned you know the guys everywhere he teaches that portion of the program in all three states every year you know it's 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 a good good call yeah and and there and there's so many really good you know professionals out there yeah but Mike, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that because he's given back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what he's doing for your professional association. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, the, you know, where the the guy finds the time. Yeah. To do it, but he does. Yeah. And he's he's there. But you know what? You you think about all the people that really make a difference, and that's something they all have in common. Almost all of them. If you look at them, you say, well, where do they find the time? But the people that make a difference, they just do. Absolutely. Well, let's wrap up on this, Tim. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you letting oh, us come been in. Fun. And and we like to, we call them lightning questions, uh, just some random, what's your favorite this? What do you do on that? Et cetera, et cetera. Help our listeners get to know you. Uh, let's wrap down with these three. Uh, if you could take any vacation or vacation to any destination you would want, where would it be? My wife and I just came back from Mexico over the holidays. So I've got Puerto Vallarta on my brain. I would go back there if I'm going to the beach. If I'm going to the mountains, I'm going to uh, Deer Valley, Utah. Very good. Uh, it's a great time of year to be in Mexico right now. Mm-hmm. For our listeners out there, it's the middle of January as we record this and we're looking at it snow everywhere on the ground um this is kind of a funny question i wrote this down before we came in and before i i knew you would tell me that you almost had eco devo in your heart since day one uh one of the questions i wrote down was if you weren't in this job what do you think you'd be doing oh you know if i if i wasn't in this job today i would likely i would have i would have probably stayed with dillard's Mm mm-hmm and that was a, I don't know if I'd be in, in that line of work now with retail the way it's gone, but I wasn't necessarily looking to leave. Um, if I could pick anything, I'd love to be a baseball player. Amen. I've noticed all the Royals paraphernalia. Yeah, I went to here. fantasy camp a year ago, and I, I busted my thumb and almost uh, jack my knee beyond repair but i'd do it again <laughs> so if i could do anything i'd be a baseball player uh but 
if I wasn't in economic development, I probably would have stayed working in, in retail management and had a nice career. Yeah. But I would have, I never would have reached what I thought my potential could be. Yeah. Well, last question. Um, if you were to pull out your phone, I assume you shuffle music on some service or another. Who would we most likely find streaming on your phone? You'd, um, Scott, you'd, you'd hear an eclectic mix of everything. As I people, would expect. People, uh, people ask me that, and I, you know, I, I took my kid to Drake last year. You know, I, 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 love, I love Drake. Uh, I love old uh, outlaw country western. Nice. I love, uh, uh, like, a lot of 70s and 80s rock, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've got um, Sirius XM, mm-hmm. so most of the time, if you come and set my car, I'd have it on Yacht Rock Radio. Cool. All right, so yeah. that's it. Our uh, our last, uh, well, the podcast actually we just released this morning again, this is the middle of January, was with Speaker of the House, Ron Reichman, and we got sidetracked onto music you mentioned outlaw country he listed waylon jennings as his favorite Uh, waylon yeah waylon willie and the boys you're in good company absolutely well tim thanks uh so much for being gracious with your time and sharing your information about both yourself and casey adc i've enjoyed this tremendously and uh, appreciate all you do for the community scott thank you very much i really appreciate the opportunity and you've done a great job interviewing well thanks it's a it's a labor of love we enjoy so listeners thanks for being with us we'll catch you on the next edition of the podcast Thank you.